sit down, take a chew and chew my money till we get it. Till we get it. Paul Wall in that Cooper Sports was A talking. Money speak, all that bullshit keep it. Run the side. Run the side. Thank you for calling 461. This is Cassidy. Hey, Cassidy. How you doing today? Doing well. That's what I like to hear. New Taylor Swift album's out, so you know I got to get some dank. Am I right? Totally. <laughs> roll, I help you with today? roll one up with the T-Swift. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. How late do you guys open till? We're here till 8 o'clock tonight. Awesome. Can I ask you a quick question? For sure. How many different types of weed are you guys selling at the shop right now? Dozens? Um, I'm not really totally sure. You can totally come in and check it out. I got a few customers in here right now. Um, awesome. They're peeping around. There is. I'm going to join them in just a hot minute here. Quick cue for you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Did you know there are more? pot shops than churches in the state of Oklahoma thanks to a chamber of commerce movement done by local councilman Satchel Rhinestone. I, if this is a, some kind of survey, you can come give it to me in person. I have customers waiting um, that will be making a purchase, and I'm sorry, but this doesn't really sound like it has to do with the business I'm conducting right now, so if you have a few it questions does. for me, you can come ask me in person. I think you need to make sure who's on your ballot for this coming October. I think I'm pretty educated on that. Thank you. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it, Cassidy. Hello? Julia? Yes. Hey, it's Satchel. How you doing? It's who? Satchel. I'm a psychic. You and I met uh, at a tarot card class. I feel like 100 years ago at this point. A tarot card class? Uh, I, I don't think I've been to one of those. Do you not do tarot readings? Um, my mother did. Um, I've seen the cards. Um, uh, and you're who? Satchel, Satchel. I, I, I was at a class at UCLA where someone was going over just different types of military experts and different types of psychic experts, and I could have sworn you oh, were there and we met. I was not. Oh. What? <laughs> What what type of expert are you then? Who am I confusing you for? Well, I played solitaire and I can win the first try many times in a row. That's something that's impressive to me. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yes. Well, I was thinking of going to the casino sometime in my life before the next five years to play solitaire. I just found out that they play solitaire at the casino. Is it high stakes gambling? No. Low stakes gambling. No, no, not really at all. But my cousin is um, David Dion. He was in real estate in Arizona. He just moved to Thailand. Really? For the gambling thing? No. For what? No. Uh, he says that people are very kind, and no one ever is. Um, has much anger of driving on the road of that restaurants and there's snakes there. There's different snakes in the yard. Is that a concern of yours that snakes might be present where you're at? Oh no, not at all. I used to kick the rocks over barefoot in the backyard and play at the green garden snakes. Oh wow, fearless. Yes. 
Would you say that you have leadership qualities? Absolutely. Can you give I've me a I've been asked to be a leader. Oh, for what? Well, the Relay for Life, the Cancer Walk at Gardner, Massachusetts, the Mount Wachusett Community College uh, track. Okay. I will be going there this year. Oh, wow. How long have you been leading that for? It'll be my first time. Congratulations. Yes. Can it's you... through the Fountain House of New York City, which created the Crystal House Clubhouse in Gardner, Massachusetts, for the awareness of mental health. Can you give me an example of when leadership demonstrated yourself in its life, when you did something that you knew, okay, this is how I know I was a born leader? When I was homeless and I was around other homeless people. You were able to rally them? I was able to say, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to get food over here, you need to call the ambulance, you need to take care of your baby. Are you pregnant? Yes, you need to take care of your baby. You can have this to cover you while it's raining as you lie down on the concrete next to the building in the rain. I signed myself up for a missionary in Bangor, Maine, and went homeless for four years. I just now am at my first month of renting a room in a very nice house. You were a missionary for what religion? Um, Non-denominational. What god did you guys worship? Like a monotheistic type god or a pantheon of many gods? I cannot answer that. Only you can. So what was the goals with these missions? To save lives. I'm a registered nurse. Wow. I have an associate's degree in nursing. Thank you for your service. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I'm curious. Who sent you on this mission? Was it some sort of organization? Did the government hire you to do this? It was just a calling. Mm. And how much did the government pay you? I cannot tell you. Are you a asset for any government agencies? Repeat the question, please. Are you an asset for any government agencies? I market myself in marketing online through pharmacies, through stores, through websites, through phone applications, through Google Guide. I'm a Google Guide. I have had over 40,000 views on my Google posts, photographs, and reviews of places. I have made over 10,000 phone calls. I have. You've made over 10,000 phone calls? I have. I have made a phone call. Oh, asking questions. I have made a phone call to ask a question about a particular place, uh, say a fitness center, and I said, oh, by the way, on Google, you are a 4.7 out of 5 star. You, you cold call places to tell them about their Google cards? That's awesome. Well, they don't complain, and I've only done it a few times. No, I said that's awesome. <laughs> I love that you do that. Uh, well, Wait, thank you. You, you made 10,000 um, phone calls. That's quite a bit more than a few times. Well, I, was, I have become a T-Mobile developer and a Google developer. I'm an FCC technician. I'm an amateur. Doesn't sound like you sound so, like a professional to me. I can tell you that much. Oh well, thank you very kindly. Yeah, I mean, ten thousand calls later, ten thousand hours, you've done something right. I was looking on my phone and I was sifting through 
every option on my phone and on the phone that I had at that time, which I don't recall which um, company or phone it was, mm -hmm. it had said the number of phone calls I had made. And it was over 10,000. Wow. I know. Wow. And the phone was pretty much all I had besides my vehicle, which I was living out of. Well, this is while you were doing your mission trip. Yes. Wow. Well, from, hey. From Maine to North Carolina. I just returned from North Carolina. Yes. Juliet, One more question. Thank you so much for calling in today. We appreciate your time. Um, I'm going to oh, get you're back. Welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Th anytime, please feel free to, to reach back out. Uh, again, uh, thank you so much and continue on the good work. And uh, thank you for your service. Oh, you're welcome. And what is your phone number? Um, my phone number, let me pull up. Our, do you have a pen and paper handy? You can reach me at 469 909 Thank you so much. You too. You're welcome. I think she's with her bitch. <laughs> Here. Um... She loved being on the podcast, and she wants to come back and have uh, a session where she whips a young, an old man in front of us. And he's going to wear like a Guantanamo Bay style hood. And he wants to be punished because he, he also enjoyed the podcast. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we kind of teased a uh, Patreon tier on that episode, but, you know, Gitmo style, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. I mean, she definitely got my attention. I said, yeah, you want to, you want to, <clears throat> you want to whip a guy? Okay. Let's do it. You got yeah. it. I'm in. Because, you know, I, I'll admit, like, the whole, like, dominatrix and, like, that, you know, the leather whips and chains side of uh, sexual relations, I've only ever seen that in movies, really, you know? You seem or, like a freak, Robert. <laughs> I seem like a freak? Yeah, absolutely. You seem sexual deviant. You know what I mean? You seem like someone who's... When she said that, that there's some guys that want to eat up doo-doo, I thought, I gotta <laughs> run this by Robert. Because it's just as, it's not as common as feet, but it's just as normal as like, and you, you a feet guy? No. There was a pause. It's okay. I'm not mad. I'm just wondering. I'm not a feet guy. If I was, I'd be loud and proud. You, I'd be, they'd, I'd call myself Mr. Footman. Yeah. You've but, only seen the, the, the dominatrix stuff in movies. Have you ever known a dominatrix in real life? I didn't, I didn't know her personally, but like she did like, um, she did like performance art pieces that included a lot of dominatrix like moves, I guess you could say. Like I, I just remember like she would show up to like noise shows sometimes and like I'd be there with, you know, my brother and like she would have like this like steel barrel in the back of her truck and we're like, oh what's that for? It's like, oh my bitch is gonna get in there. Wow. Like, okay. You ever thought she was just lying, like just pretend like she had someone that would do that for her and just wanted wanted to seem fucking cool? I mean that that really could have been the the thing, it's just like, hey, I'm going to pay you $50 to be part of this, like, performance art piece I'm going to do in some dude's <laughs> living room. So just, like, get in the barrel and just keep saying yes, ma'am, or whatever. Like, just, you know. So, like, I've I've seen it before in that scenario, and then, like, movies, but, yeah, I mean, you know, 
a- Ava had some pretty pretty wild stories and a lot of insight. Yeah. And that's about as close as I've gotten to it as well, right? Where it's like people that I kind of know on the outskirts, people that I've met before. I'm like, oh, okay, you are. But yeah, that's the, that's the most I've heard about dominatrixing. I'll, uh, just to be 100% clear, I wish it like that made me horny. I wish I was the type of dude where it's like, yeah, I, I need to be stepped on with high heels. But honestly, you know what makes me horny? Boobies and stuff, man. The most basic fuck. Oh, oh, what is that? Boo. Oh, big old boobs. <laughs> Sign me up. You know, <laughs> that's enough for me. I don't need to complex things. You know, hot dog. One of my favorite meals. You know, I'm not looking for anything too complicated in my life in general. Funnel cake. Now, now you got my attention. Anything that they sell at Six Flags is not too complex for a guy like me. State yeah. fair food is is what I call fine dining. Okay, I can get behind that. Oh, I love state fair food. But the the other thing was um her talking about like the like paying for studio time. Yeah. It's the same plight as uh musicians out in the city. It is. It is. I was surprised cuz I was like it's it's not illegal to enjoy that, right? It's not nothing there's nothing illegal about renting out a dungeon and enjoying some dungeon sex time. You know, hey, if that was a crime, imagine who you're making an outlaw out of. But what is illegal typically is like paying for sex, right? And there's like a fine, like you can pay for a cuddler, but you can't pay for like sex, you know? And so I'm wondering where the fine line with dominatrixing is, where it's like, yeah, this is the illegal action, this is the legal action. But I I wonder if it's like, yeah, it's technically not sex, you're good to go. Because if I can hire someone to come and cuddle me, and that's legal, when I found that out, I was like, oh, that's dangerous. That's like Craigslist ad style dangerous to be a professional cuddler. Or what about the uh the people who they they get paid to basically be a, like the human dog for people? Yeah, that woman that made six figures. You saw, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, for six figures, woof woof, baby. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if I was a detective looking into some sort of sex ring and it, I came across like a dominatrix, I'd just be like, "All right, well, did he come?" And if he Answer. says yes, it, it, you're like a detective noir style. You're yeah. slamming. The, did he fucking look me in the eyes? Did he fucking come? And then he's trying to say, "No, no, 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 no I didn't. I want a refund." But she's like, "No, nah, he did come. He he came in those rubber trousers." I'm like, I'm underlining that in my notepad, taking it back to the station. Charges will be filed. How casually rubber trousers is in your vocabulary it makes me go, Robert, <laughs> you freaky. I know you are. I'm not mad, man. You're not in trouble. No one here is anti-Robert getting it in. I'm, in <laughs> fact, I I prefer that you're getting it in. That That's actually the Robert. That, that's a, hey, a happy Robert's a good Robert. You know what I mean? What, but, getting it in the rubber trousers or just getting yeah, it in? <laughs> it, whatever's, whatever floats your boat, man. Whatever. I had a, a good buddy of mine. She was one time, she was like, yeah, it's weird. I've had like five guys ask me to piss in their mouth. And I was like, interesting. And then I brought that up to my wife one time. I was like, guys often ask you to piss on them. And she was like, no, I've never had a guy ask me to piss on them. And I was like, my homegirl told me, and she was like, yeah, that sounds like your homegirl's bringing it up. And I was like, oh, shit, that never clicked for me. I just gave her the benefit of the doubt. I was like, yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. She had it happen one time, and then she just started asking all the other guys afterwards, like, are you going to want me to piss on you? And they're like, well, now that you mention it, I, I I mean, like, maybe in the shower, I'd be like, yeah, sure, piss on me, piss on my leg, maybe, I'll sh- I'll clean it off real quick, you I'll, know? I'll say this, though, like, I've had girlfriends when it's like, they, they, they tell me, like, because I'll be like, oh, I need I need to go use the restroom first before, like, I, I hop in the shower, and I like, just pee in the shower, and I'm like, no. You don't pee in the shower? No. You can't, well, then you definitely wouldn't be able to pee in someone's mouth. 
Oh yeah. my god! If you can't even pee in the shower, how do you expect to pee in your lover's mouth, man? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> you can't pee in the shower. No. I, honestly, I if the hole is big enough, I'd be pooping in there. I don't. I, there's no reason not to be peeing and pooping in there. You're, you're getting all the dirty off in there. I ever. I think the term is waffle stomping, yeah. where you just push the poop down the drain. Praise God, man. That's why. That's exactly why we have indoor plumbing. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure if if you have to waffle stomp more than once down a drain like a plumber's going to be coming out sooner or later and he's going to be like well, so what have you been doing in the shower lately and i don't want to be i don't want to have that conversation i say i don't know i airbnb this place out a lot <laughs> I, 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 uh, I i don't know my friends from europe just came in why do you ask you know i, I, I know a lot of german customers over airbnb for this place <laughs> all right yeah. is that a stereotype about europeans that they poop in the shower no it, it, i've heard they have i've heard that europeans poop in the shower no, I think it's more of the stereotype that like Europeans are usually just more like exploratory with, you know, sexuality and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so watch them at 2 a.m. at any dancing club. You can spot the Europeans from a mile away. Yeah. That's my job is I spot Europeans from a mile away. <laughs> I was trained for wartime, but this is how I make it happen during peacetime. When you when you weren't checking fake IDs at the door, you were peering into the club. <laughs> Oh, I had the best flashback the other day, Robert, from being a door guy at an amateur wrestling show. Oh, yeah. There's like, you've been doing amateur wrestling, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you, you remember um, Party World Wrestling, right? Absolutely. My friend were involved in that. I've seen, I've never actually seen one live, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, like. um seen it on Instagram. <laughs> well, no, I, I like, I've been to their live shows and. um I even I even brought them up to college one time to put on a show. That was that was really wild. Nice. Um, and then like Fun 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 Fest would usually have a uh, I think it was like the Anarchy Championship Wrestling. I think that's the one that I worked. I might be incorrect though, but it was at Mohawk one time. I think it might have been Anarchy. Oh man, the uh, so I had to work door because like yeah. my, my buddy Doug called out and asked me to work at mohawk i didn't even work at mohawk at the time i was like yeah you got it that's the thing about working door no one you never like apply for a door job one day you just have one because someone asked you to cover and yeah. it's like working door is just like this like thing that gets laid upon you when you look like me for too long and you're around a bar like start i worked a door that the, it was like a daytime sunday thing oh my god dude they are all characters. And like I had to ID everybody and they were like so aggressive about me checking their ID. Like they would they would come in the door, I'd be like, hey, can I see your ID? And I swear to God, one dude was like, You wanna see my ID? You want this is my ID and like flexed his bicep in my face. And I laughed. I was like, No, it's not, man. I just gotta see it. I'm so sorry. They also couldn't bring in like their open energy drinks. They can only bring in closed ones up into their the people that were like performing. They yeah. were so fucking mad about that. And they would crush it in front of me and like throw it in the trash can. Also aggro, aggro, but like, like halfway, maybe like right before it's about to start or rise, it's get hyping up. These, uh, these three people start coming in and it's two little guys and a big guy, like two little people, like yeah. dwarfs, like very little. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, I'm not above saying would love to see little people wrestle right like yeah that sounds and that's a whole that's called uh micro wrestling that's a whole industry it's a whole industry for a reason so i get pretty i'm like hyped i pretty much stand up 
And I was like, yo, are you guys facing each other? Because it's like a big guy, like an obese dude. I said, are you guys facing each other? Or does this guy like send you out like his little minions? And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, does this, is this, do you guys go up and fight each other? Like, are you guys against each other? Like the two little guys versus the big guy? Or is the big guy like, hey, I'm going to send these little guys on you? And they were like, we're here to watch. And I was like, yo, no way. I was like, you see the predicament. Like, you can see how I could have. And they were like, one of them was so bad. And I was like, there's no way. And then I was like, you guys are fucking with me. And I was like, no, there's no way, dude. You guys all just rolling in together. And the little guy's like, no, we're not with him. And I was like, okay, well, you two came together then. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Like, there's no way you guys two randomly just showed up at the same time. You know, <laughs> the, the, the statistics on that are insane. So you two are, and they're like, yeah. We're friends, and I I wanted to be like, okay, well, how do you guys know each other? Like, but I didn't push it, and then uh, then the big guy wasn't happy either because he felt offended. But they went in there and they enjoyed wrestling, so they had a good time. But I couldn't I couldn't believe I was like, you guys have to be messing with me. Like, there's no way you guys just showed up together. But they did. They just happened to be there at the same time, and I just walked in there with my presuppositions. But I think they should have jumped in the ring. Uh, you guys have great energy for this. You guys clearly have that X factor that surprised yeah. me when you came through. It would have been funny if they were like plants in the audience. Like for just like they do, you know, they're like, hey, we're just here to watch, man. And then like up until the last bout, like, you know, someone in the ring calls out. It's like anyone in the crowd man enough to face me. And they uh-huh. raise their hands and get up there. And it's like they were there. You know, they were going to wrestle the whole time. That's why I thought they would be wrestlers, even though they were in civilian clothes. Like, I was like, you guys are either going to change or it's like, and then when they were like, no, we're just coming to see wrestling. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it's like on the low. <laughs> exactly what you're describing. Like, some dude's going to be like, oh, oh, I wish you guys would do something. And then one of them throws the other one into the ring or something, you know? <laughs> but nope, just two. They can't even. I, here's the thing. They, I, I, I wish I would apologize to that community. Because they should have the freedom and the right to just go enjoy wrestling without assuming that they are going to get tossed in the ring. Even though we would all love to see it. If they wanted to. yeah, No one wants to see them be a victim. But everyone would love to see them wrestle. It's the reason that micro-wrestling tours America, baby. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, but usually the places that book the micro-wrestling or stuff it's what I, what i've noticed it's usually the sign of like a struggling like rock and roll venue or bar yeah. when it's the, the all micro wrestling because <laughs> like I, I don't know if you know this but there's like a tribute band that tours called like mini kiss yeah i've seen them they and played sound on sound yeah it's the little people that um they you know they, they dress you know they all dress up like the band kiss and they go out there with a pre-recorded track and their little instruments and they just kind of like pantomime around like they're, they're uh, rockers. Yeah. I mean, there was one time I heard um, they did like a radio interview back at KLBJ like years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they must have been like traded like there must have been some sort of human trafficking violations being made because they mm-hmm. pulled up in a big white van. All the little people that were in the band were like in the back, you know, no seats. Just like, just kind of holding the gear down, and this like big, like this big guy in like a a suit was like their manager, their handler, 
Well, it, well, from the way they were describing the interactions between everyone, it was more like owner than manager. <laughs> but it's just like basically like, you know, they, they weren't allowed to like direct questions straight to the uh, the band. Like it, it basically had to they basically had to ask the manager like, oh, so like, you know, what 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 are you like your favorite markets to go to? Or like, you know, how's the reception at most shows? Like he would have to like be asked it and then like he would answer it. Or he would be like, "Oh, okay. Well, like, Steve, do you want to do you want to talk?" And it wow. would basically be like, "All right, this is where you say the fucking script, or you're not getting your chicken feet later tonight." They had to all live in bunk beds. That's basically the vibe they got. And I've I've seen videos of the performances, and like, yeah, I could see that. I could see I I could see people getting you know traded. Can't wait for the Gonzo style documentary on them. Little kiss and the man, little kiss and Big Dipper, taking <laughs> care of the little kisses. <clears throat> my uh, my auntie's a little person. Do you know that? Your aunt? Yeah. Uh, what? Which side? My dad's side. My dad's sister. Her name is Letitia. She's a little person. She also married a guy that was like six five, three hundred fifty pounds for most of her life. His name was Uncle Jim. Dude ruled, sweat like crazy, and like spent his entire life scamming people. Would like open up restaurants with loans, and would just take all the cash and shut down and leave. At one point in time, they—I uh, don't know what the full story is—but like they partially lived in like a community for little people. And there's a photo that my auntie has that's like 40, 50 little people, and then my uncle Jim just massive in the little big in the, in the middle of them all. And it's like, yeah, it looks like he's about to lead them to do something. And so, but they were apparently running some scam out there. I don't know what the scam is, but they would ride their motorcycle out there, scam them somehow. Even when he died, this is so tight. So my uncle Jim died, right? Rest mm-hmm. in peace. Rest in power, King. Dude fucking ruled. Um, dude fucking ruled. Uh, the outlaw of all outlaws. Um, the whole family's there for his funeral, right? They're all standing around the grave plot. The yeah. owner of the cemetery comes up and they're like, what are you doing? You don't own this grave. Dude tried to scan his way into a free burial. The final scam of scams. When my dad was like 19, he lived in Dallas. And my uncle was like, hey, Joe, I'm going to come visit you. My dad was like, okay. And so uh, Uncle Jim drives out to Dallas and is like, hey, Joe, I just came out to see you. I missed you. Would you mind driving this car out to North Dallas for me and just leaving it? Keys on the seat and everything. And my dad is like a 19-year-old Christian boy. He's like, no, Jim, I can't do it. And he's like, come on, do it. So my dad ends up doing it for him. <laughs> he got my dad to get involved in his little insurance fraud scams. <laughs> Dude fucking ruled. Yeah. Okay, so, well, just to make sure I had the scam right. So basically... Basically, your dad would drive it to, I would say, North Dallas, like Frisco or Plano, just leave the keys there in some field, and he would tell insurance it got stolen. Oh, yeah, because sooner or later it would. It was really it was some sort of nice car, but that was like one of the many types of scams that he would run all over the nation, too. All over, he would go state to state just to do different scams. Yeah. I was talking to, to my wife about this, where it's like, you know, you have like, you, you, if, you, if if I look back on all the men in my family, like before my dad, a whole lot of failed scammers. And I'm like, damn, I don't want that energy. My dad's like a good, honorable man. Before him, it was all just people that were like, could hardly read and would scam their way to do anything. Just the shadiest motherfuckers. I mean, that that is like very American, though. 
like you're either salt of the earth, like you just make everything, or you were just straight scamming all the way out west. Do what you got to do, survive, baby. You know, speaking of uh, ancestors, though, you know, I I went to New York last week, and we did the uh, we did like the little ferry trip to Ellis Island, and for the longest time, my grandma, because um, her parents, her parents and her parents' parents were Polish. But she never knew exactly like if they came over through Ellis Island or if it was like, you know, exactly where they came. So I was like, I was like, you know, statistically, like there's probably some records in there of someone in there, like someone coming over in Ellis Island. And I find I find the names of her like grandfather and grandmother. But like it's not matching up with what she told me because she's like, oh, well, my grandmother was Catherine. Uh, Soodle with a C mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah there's no Catherine with a C in these fucking records and then she's like also there's Joseph Groziak and I was like yeah there's like 15 different ways they're spelling Groziak here are you sure it's like the very English like S-E-P-H way and she's like yeah that's how he spelled it to me and like so I go down the I go down the wormhole of Ancestry.com I contact the Mormons uh, nice. their database and I've just like I'm just going through like census records, like I I find their death records. So Joseph Groziak, like my he would be my great great grandfather. Dude fucking lied on his death certificate, even like because he was what I was figuring out. He was born in 1879 in Poland. Motherfucker put 1881 on his death certificate just to shave off a couple years to look younger in <laughs> the fucking state of New York. Nice. And like every, and it was like every other document I found, he spelt Joseph differently every time. And so nice. when I told my grandma, like I was going down this rabbit hole, she's like, oh, well, what, she's like, what, what have you been finding out? You know, like just like, what are you learning about, you know? my grandparents. I was like, they were some lying motherfuckers back then. Like, they didn't tell the government shit. That's tight. Because every time the census would come around and be like, oh, so like, when did you immigrate to America? In 1920, they said 1903. Then in 1930, they were like, we came over in 1910. Then like, oh, well, where are you from? They're like, Poland. Next 10 years around, we're from Galicia, which is a like sub-region of Poland, but still, it's like, you can't keep your fucking story straight, bro. They didn't want it too 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 easy to path or follow. You know, they wanted to hide their tracks a little bit. Oh, of course. None of my business what they were doing over in Poland. It sounds like something <laughs> they didn't want to chase back there. Okay, none of my business. I'm not I'm not a turn of the century detective in Poland, thank God. Yeah. Because I'd be on that case. But yeah, like when I told her that, she's just like, Yeah, I, I would believe that. I was like, Really? He's like, Yeah, they never spoke English. I was like, Well, that explains why they keep lying. I'm named after my grandpa, whose name is JT, and yeah. they don't know if it's JT like initials or JT like J-Y-T-E, because he didn't know how to read most of his life, or not most of his life, until his adult life, though. And so it's like, he has no clue if it stood for something or if it's just JT outright. And it's like, that's how it used to be. Just say, yeah. my name's JT, what, what, what other information do you need about it? <laughs> right. Just call me what I told you. Cop's like, how do you spell that? He's like, you tell me. <laughs> yeah what is this a spelling like, i look like i'm literate fucker uh, <laughs> yeah why don't I, you take it from here i had um he wasn't my uncle by blood but um he married he married my mother's sister um 
and this was like back in the 80s he couldn't read and i remember when my mom like told us that uh my brother and i like i was 13 and grant was like 16 and we were just like and we just kind of like looked at him, was like and this was like 1985 1986 she's like yeah and we we're just like how did that motherfucker order food at like chili's and my mom was like oh well i mean like he just always had his go-to orders or, you know, he would just point at the picture and say, I want that. And I turned to Grant because Grant Grant's fucking guilty of doing that. when he's ordering. <laughs> Like, you know, he can obviously Grant can read and like tell him well, what he want, but he's, I don't have any proof that he can read. But okay. like he'll just like lower the fucking menu down and be like, I want this. But can I add cheese and bacon? And I was just like, oh, it's like, are you sure you weren't? Are you sure he wasn't like blood relative or anything? Because <laughs> I, was, I was like thumbing over to Grant. I was like, because uh, I know someone else who kind of pulls that fucking shit. I do the same thing, to be I don't even read menus most of the time. You know what my move is now? This is very suburban dad of me. What? I just asked my wife, do you want to get two things and split something? She goes, yeah. And I go, okay, great. Pick two things. And then I don't even open the menu. I just look at the ceiling, you know, just stare <laughs> up at the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> I mean, K- Katie and I have been starting to do that. Like, especially in New York when it's like, like we went to like a Japanese place and for us, it's usually like everything looks good. And so oh, you should have gone to Mike Zorman's place. Oh, really? Yeah. He owns a restaurant bar out there. Damn. I should have looked him up. Fuck. You should have. That was when I was going to go to New York, like a couple months ago, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm going to go to Mike's fucking restaurant bar. Prank call it from inside <laughs> the bar. You're just in the back near the restrooms on the one payphone still active in New York. <laughs> there's a man with a beard and glasses that's about to sit down at the bar I'm pretty sure I saw a gun in his back pocket <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a black hoodie he has a high voice I'm pretty sure he has a gun and even a grenade in his back pocket he's going to sit down at the bar and probably say something like howdy how you doing I'm pretty sure he has a grenade in his back pocket then just let that play out yeah. that's why I don't do acid because like when I did acid in my youth all I could think is like how funny would it be to bring out the gun right now and just like lay it on the table and just be like, no one's safe, no one's safe. You know, that's like I th- every I've not done hallucinogens without thinking that. What do you? I've never done it. Well, no. What What do you mean when you were doing acid? Because I'm pretty sure you brought out you brought out a gun on a a Zoom comedy show during the pandemic. Yes, that's true as well. I was Andrew Wagner's birthday the other day, and I texted him. I was like, Happy birthday! Sorry for that time. I tried to point a gun at you as a joke, and then almost got into a car wreck and hit you. And he's like, You're good. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't know why. I just remember, like, I had a gun on my. It was a, it was an empty gun. I just bought it. Got on my uh, passenger seat. And Andrew's walking by. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna wave it. it wasn't even point. I was gonna wave it. And as I was reaching for it, I swerved a little and almost hit him. And I was like, wow, that could have been a really tragic. And trying to explain to his like crying girlfriend, like, no, I'm sorry, I hit him. I wanted to point a gun at him as a joke. I wanted to wave the gun in the air as like a joke. That's what that's what I wanted to do. A different but, man now, though, Robert. But. That, but that wasn't the time when you were on Zoom, because like, no, I got jo- Joe Toller banned from yeah uh, Twitch because he, he was hosting the that comedy show and like it was you were like point, you're pointing at the camera, being like, I'm gonna pi- I'm gonna kill you, Pat. Yeah, I kept saying I'm gonna I kept because Pat Dean kept interrupting me and I pointed the gun at the camera. I said I'm gonna kill you, Pat Dean. I'm gonna shoot you in the head and kill you. And then <laughs> Twitch can't take a joke and said, oh, you had a weapon and you threatened to kill someone on Twitch. And I'm like, what even is this TV show then? What are we on? And I thought this was the internet, where you could you were free. 
to say things like "I'm going to kill you." You know <laughs> what happened to freedom when on the internet you can't say "I'm going to kill you." What? 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 What is this? What type of fascist dictatorship are we living in where I can't threaten some state yeah. senators on Twitter as a joke? <laughs> you know, somewhere around 2014, 2015, people started taking the internet seriously. Before then. It's like, hey, if he's saying he wants to kill you on the internet, that doesn't mean anything. Wait until he's saying it in person to your face. Yeah, and even then I'm saying it as a joke, you know? Maybe. Going no, 100 Talking to the agent where he's got the printouts of all that, and you're just like, it's all about context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there used we used to live in a world where it was you were free to you were free to do little bits, and you were free to say, "Oh hey, oh hey, I'm gonna kill you," and everyone everyone would love it. They would laugh. They'd say, "I love that joke." Wasn't, now, your, wasn't your favorite thing about Twitter was to like threaten like journalists and? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have an account. I wouldn't threaten journalists. I would just insult journalists. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I it was just a, and then after a while, Twitter started saying it was offensive language and stuff like that. Never threatened violence, but you know, just journalists I didn't like, you know, Breitbart News people like that. You can get on there and just and they'd Austin be like Chronicle, yeah, Austin Chronicle, dog shit, dog dog shit newspaper. Wouldn't wipe my ass with that rag. I used to read it every Sunday. <laughs> One of the worst publications known to man, Austin Chronicle. Well, I mean, it's it's a tabloid paper. Yeah, there's a reason it's free. <laughs> there's a reason why every thundercloud has a stack of them for free. Yeah, it's it's just as common as the dog shit I see on the street. All right, just as common. I I, I think Austin Chronicle, Austin Chronicle, might be one of the worst publications in modern times. Worse than the New York Post. Worse than the New York. It goes it goes Mein Kampf. And then Austin Chronicle. And then whatever Mussolini's book is called. <laughs> I'm sure that guy wrote a book, right? I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure he at least had like a I'm I'm sure he at least had a manuscript or something. Yeah. A draft. Someone, someone had written down something that guy said. Yeah. You don't talk that much without someone quoting it back to you sooner or later. as a talker myself, people keep track of some stuff you say, trust me. Yeah, like when you say you're gonna kill a journalist on Twitter. Come on, man, let me goof a little with the boys. You know what I finally watched, Robert? It's fucking hilarious. What? That fucking thank you for not thank you for coming. I think you should leave. Yeah. Have you seen that shit? Yes. Oh my god, I was dying. I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. For a while, I lost it. I used to, I had kept Todd Berry's number and um, uh, what's his name? Oh, the guy, he's like super great comic, tiny guy with glasses that was on Modern Family for a long time. I really want to say it's Joe Mandy, but I could be wrong. I didn't, I didn't watch Modern Family a whole lot. And Google and the- Joe Mandy to see if it's the guy I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Mandy. I had his number, and I was going to prank call him, but I lost him and Todd Berry's number. I got it from the SO Sound on Sound Fest. I had to 
escort them to the stage I booked. Man, I remember Joe, Mandy, and Tim Heidecker doing my late show, and they opened the late show so they could go early. And uh, Andrew Clarkston and Danny Goodwin were hosting for them, and they go up, they do their thing, and I'm driving them back to their uh, cars, like to their mm-hmm. like little cart. And the entire time, I think they just thought I was like a PA or just the golf cart guy, and not the guy that booked that show. The entire drive back, they're talking about how stupid and bullshit it is. They had to do a midnight show in the camping area and how fucking dumb it was that they had to do that. The entire fucking, the entire like 10, 12 minute little drive back to the little trailers, just talking about how stupid it was and how much they hated it and how awkward it was to have to do like a show with the local comics at the, and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And like, I, I was like 12 minutes in the cold at night listening to that. I was like, thanks, Joe Mandy and Tim Heidecker, two of the best performing comedians right now for talking about the show I booked. <laughs> like, I didn't tell him I booked the show. I just said, yeah, I'm great, guys. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, just cried to myself my drive back. But, but this was sound on sound, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I'll say on, on the other side of, of kind of like the comedy industry and even just live performing like anytime comedy gets involved with a festival, yeah, that's rough. They're they're always going to complain. Just anything anything they can find about the festival to complain about, they will. Even if it's like, hey, I'm only doing 15 minutes at like, say, like a Lollapalooza level type of like music festival, and I'm like, I'm doing the comedy tent. They're gonna be like, why the fuck did you know? No one wants to be here, you know, in a sweaty tent, you know, hearing me talk about my shit when tools out there, you know, blasting through the fucking ether and into the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Like even with that, like they'll, they'll fucking bitch and complain. I think it was Bonnaroo. I don't remember if it was Lollapalooza or Bonnaroo had a comedy tent that was so far away from everything. So well soundproof with low ceilings. And it was like the only good comedy I've seen at a festival. Well, I think Bonnaroo has done it before for like, Cause you know, cause that has camping. So like they do like night programming. Yeah. That's what we did at sound on sound. I said, yeah. let's do it like Bonnaroo does. We'll do it at night, you know? And then Tim Heidecker came and shat all over it. I said, thank you, Mr. Heidecker. Thank you for doing the show at night. Mr. Johnny Pemberton had the absolute G move though. He just didn't show up and pretended like he wasn't booked for a second show and just didn't do it. And I was like, that's honestly mad fucking respectable. Mad fucking yeah. respect. I, I saw Johnny, the guy, right. I saw him right after his set during the daytime, and I was like, "Hey, thanks so much. I'm, uh, I'll be driving you to the late show tonight." And he's like, "I don't think I have a late show." And I was like, "No, you do. It's at like midnight." And he goes, "I don't know." And I then I know. texted him and called him and his like agent or whoever I was supposed to contact, and both of them just ghosted me. And I was like, "All right, pretty pretty G move. I'll be honest. Pretty G move. Just be like, mm, I don't think I am. He's like, no, you are. He's like. Mm. I don't think I am. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's pretty fucking G. The last, like the last festival, I was like, I-, I wasn't working for the festival, but um, we had some of our clients book there, like uh, MK and Chad. I remember looking at that lineup. It was, it was some, it was a first year festival up in Dallas in 2019, and um, like the main stage for music was in AT and T Stadium, the football stadium. But then, like outside in the parking lot, they had this. Uh, they had the comedy tent, and like they brought in, they brought in this guy from L.A. Like who he didn't run like the comedy store or the improv, but he he. They were like, no, like he knows how to design like a comedy room, and like we're we're putting in the money to make sure it's like a proper like like the proper feeling in there. 
But I remember even that, like, Chad complained the whole time that, like, he was anywhere near the comedy tent. Same with MK. Although, I think I think he was pretty happy, you know, because he was there the whole week in hosting, so he got to meet everyone. But, like, Dimitri Martin, Rory Scovel, um, I think even uh, there were some rumors that, like, Dennis Miller w- was going to no-show on them. But it was, like, just, we were looking at the lineup poster, and the buyer was like, yeah, they're no-showing. They canceled on us. It's like, they were supposed to perform earlier today, and, uh, yeah, we just couldn't get a hold of their agent. Like, it sounds like, it sounds like with fe- like, that's another common thing. Just, like, comedians just being like, yeah, I know I said I would do this festival, but I'd rather just hang back. Like, I- I'd rather just, just rather do some sets in uh, New York or L.A. Sounds nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't hate him for it. Can't hate him for it. One of my best buddies is moving to Cookville, Robert. Tennessee? Mm-hmm. To do what? Him and his friend want to open a restaurant in Nashville. What kind of what kind of restaurant? Well, we'll have to have him on and find out. Yeah, we better. Is he is he from the area? No, uh, well, his buddy is his buddy that lives out there. But him and his basset hound are moving out there to live it up, do bad boy shit, Tennessee style. Hell yeah! You you never you. Like I thought Texas was pretty like low standards for like state services, like roads and shit. Uh-huh. Then I got to Tennessee. Yeah, same in Tulsa. It's like <laughs> the worst roads. I think Tulsa like hates disabled people because there's no sidewalks and then the bus stops have benches, but they're on hills and on grass. So like if I was in a wheelchair or on crane on a cane or anything yeah. like that, it would be impossible for me to get to those bus stops it's all over the neighborhood it is insane like it's like you almost did this on purpose like let's put a few bear traps around it too <laughs> let's let's soap up the floor too and grease it down too let's let's, let's uh let's lift all the buses so you have to take extra steps to get on dude for real like austin's not great right but like it is um it has you at least sidewalks right yeah at least it has sidewalks or like even with, I mean, even with the state IDs, because like I got like right before I moved out of Texas, I got like the new one that's like got the little holographic portrait on you. It's kind of like a shiny Pokemon card. I get to the fucking like I get my one from Tennessee. It's basically like notebook paper that they laminated <laughs> in the back of Home Depot or Office Max. Like it's it's flimsy as fuck. Any closing thoughts, arguments before we uh? We wrap this bad boy up and I get to slice him and dice him. Well, I guess if you're going to vote, vote Islam. Like for Sharia law? Yeah. Uh, um, No, it is the law, but no. Yeah, what are you talking about? If I was going to vote for the most interesting religion or like the religion I would join, probably Islam. Or Mormonism. I'll either go Mormon or Islam. Yeah, that's one of the two I would do. Oh. And I'm sticking to them. Outside of Christianity, obviously. Christianity, number one. That one's the best. Christianity, it, it keeps... it. There's a reason that, that uh, the Christians are in charge, man. 
Keeps the blood flowing. Keeps the blood flowing. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Playboy. All right. Later, Blader. Later, Blader. Wonder sign, wonder sign, wonder sign.